0: The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe arrive on the battlefield only to realise it is one of many time zones controlled by a man called the War Chief who seems to have a bond with the Doctor. As the second Doctor's time draws ever closer to the end, can he solve the problem before it is too late for him? This is The War Games. Welcome to Regenerated. <sighs> Get you, I uh, don't go blundering into too much trouble, will you? Oh, you're a
1: fine one to talk. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Zary.
0: Goodbye, Doctor. Will we ever meet again? Again? Ah, Zoe, you and I know time is relative, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hello, and welcome back to Regenerated. I am Matt, and I'm joined by Becky. Hello. And it is the big one, Becky. The War Games. We are finally at the end of Patrick Troughton's run of as the Doctor.
1: not sure how I feel about that one.
0: So it's going to be probably a little bit of a, a bumper episode this week. We've got quite a lot to go through.
1: Yeah, and as for so much for your, oh, we'll watch five, then five. We ended up watching Claire and a whole ten in one day. Yeah,
0: we did actually. We got in, well, I should say I got into it quite a bit and just wanted to sort of plough on and get through it. I think it clocks in about four hours long, I think, in the end.
1: No, yeah, I've done longer. i have extended Lord of the Rings. Mm, so
0: Yes. So this is probably going to be a bit more of a, a bumper episode as we've got them ten episodes to go through. And also we've got to wrap up Patrick Troughton's uh, basically tenure as a doctor. So it's going to be a bit bittersweet this week, I think, Becky, especially saying goodbye to Patrick Troughton
1: don't know, a bit sweet, sad, probably. Well,
0: spoiler alert: he does come back a couple of more times in the future. There is a couple of episodes um, or serials where he does appear. Uh, I think it's three more, if I remember right, that he does appear. But this is kind of the, this is kind of the end of his run now.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's
0: done in quite good fashion as well. A bit of background is is that uh, there were supposed to be two serials here to finish the season, a six and a four, but they got sort of shelved so to end up being a ten episode. And also, there was uh, John Pertwee wasn't actually cast in the role yet as a doctor. That's the reason why at the end, um, when we get to it, get to it. Well, that's why it happens the way it does. And also, I don't think that they kind of knew the production team knew whether or not doctor who would go on so that's why it's kind of opened a little uh, left a bit open-ended at the end as well mm. so there's a few little things so 19th of april to 21st of june 69 10 episodes of the war games written by a terence Dix. this is his first uh story But he was also helped with Malcolm Hulkey, who's done The Faceless Ones. So Terence Dix, he becomes quite a big person as well. He's kind of on the same level as, say, Robert Holmes. Uh, He's very influential with Doctor Who. This is kind of the start of his sort of tenure with writing for Doctor Who. And it was also directed by David Maloney, who did The Mind Robbers and The Crotons. So... Like I say, it's quite a lot to get through, so I think we'll just plough for it. It's probably going to be, like I say, a bit of a longer episode than normal. Um, also, quickly as well, apologies for last week's Space Pirates being a bit shorter and not really having a lot to talk about. Bit of a contrast from that to this week as well, which yeah, a big contrast, I was find. This is so. so it starts off, episode one, where we're in this kind of wasteland sort of war zone, and... One of the contrasts to make quickly from the Space Pirates to this one is how quick the Doctor, Jamie, and Zoe appear. It's literally within seconds. Whereas last week in the Space Pirates, it was kind of 14 minutes. It was literally like half a second, and then their TARDIS materialised on this battlefield. So I thought that was quite quite nice that they got it going really quickly, and it was a really nice explosive start as well because... As they exit the TARDIS and that, there's a lot of explosions and gunfire and all this sort of stuff happening all around them. So it's really quite like, as they say, hit the ground and run. Yeah. And I like that. I like that start from it. It's quite it's quite a big um, epic saga. I think this one that has a lot of going on and there's a lot of information I think is given to us in this serial as well which helps define what Doctor Who becomes in the future. You, would you agree with that?
1: If so, so
0: Right, okay then. So they are quickly captured, as always, by some German soldiers. They get into this ambulance van thing, starts to drive off only for these British soldiers to help overthrow the Germans and they go back to the headquarters, which is a trench from World War One. So obviously the impression straight off the bat is that we're world war one that uh, i think that's what uh, doctor thinks as well is that they've gone back to 1917 um to that period of time Mm. so it was quite a nice it it, to me also i found that this serial was very different as well like i kind of know what doctor who becomes this to me felt like the first sort of the, the kind of the start of what now doctor who's becoming Yeah. You know, and we're going in, like, to say a a different era. And definitely, this story felt very different to me.
1: Mm.
0: So, in the uh, trenches, Dr. Jamie and Zoe, they sort of try to get away, but they are, there's this sort of barrage of uh, bullets flying uh, from over the trench. They're questioned. There's a lot of questioning I found as well. I put that in my notes. I put, they are questioned quite a lot about who they are where they're from, what they're doing. There is a lot of that in this. So they're questioned Spanish first... Spanish Inquisition. Though. Yes, basically. They're questioned first by a major at Barrington. The Doctor Jamie and Zoe are sent to be questioned again by a General Smythe. Now, first of all, we get this impression that General Smythe is not kind of what he seems. No, he got...
1: turns into a demon headmaster.
0: Well, yeah, we will get onto that in a minute, but... He's got this like a little back room where he goes to a painting, opens it up. There's some tech there, which is like a, a communication screen. So there's already some sort of red flags that maybe this is not really what it appears to be. Like, but he says he has this sort of ability to uh, hypnotise people, control. yeah, mind control, hypnotise people by putting on his glasses. Bit of a strange little like plot point. Yeah, with
1: point. the demon headmaster, I thought he took his glasses. He did off. take
0: his glasses off. Yes.
1: Yeah, and then sort of... So this is kind of the reverse out. of that, isn't yeah.
0: it? Dr. James, and Zoe are brought into this uh, chateau headquarters. The general's not there because he's sort of momentarily disappeared. So they're taken to these cells. There start to be some clues here as well as to what might be going on as well between Carstairs and Lady Jennifer, who are two of the British soldiers. I think, isn't Lady Jennifer she a nurse, I think? Yes. Is that what he says? Yes, she's sort of a nurse. They're sort of conversing. They can't really remember things. They're a bit suspicious, uh, suspicious of this general and the surroundings. Like I think uh, Lady Jennifer says about last thing she remembers is, is tending to some wounded and then some mist. Yeah. I think that was what she said. The Dr. Jamie and Zoe, again, are questioned by this General Smives. They're court-martialed in kind of a one-sided court court court-martial so we say where they're accused of being um spies and Jamie's accused of being a deserter because he's obviously in his like Highlander outfit so they are basically
1: um no it's not really a Highlander outfit it's a kilt
0: oh yeah but he is a Highlander though yeah so they are quickly found guilty of all accounts they um of being spies yep Uh, They sent us, the doctor, to death because even though Zoe's kind of accused of being a spy as well, she's not really sent to death, is she?
1: No, I think in that sort of terminology, the way that they were looking at it was that um, she was probably only a spy as well because he was. Mm, Maybe. Or that women can be easily led and they're not so guilty.
0: Yeah. Well... Jamie's taken to a military prison because obviously he is accused of desertion. The doctor is then taken away while Zoe is locked up, being looked after by Lady Jennifer. In the cells, the doctor is once again questioned by Sergeant Major, or should I say the doctor questions Sergeant Major, who again, he can't remember too much of what's really been happening either. During the night, Zoe ends up getting into the back room. She takes a look around, and I've got to admit, she is a very, very good finder because she finds that tech behind the photo, uh, behind the uh, the artwork very quickly, even though she's not really looking for it. Why would you go up to like a painting and open it? I just yeah. I, I don't understand like how. I know it's part of the plot and part of the story that she has to discover it, but you know it would have been more make more sense if it was slightly open or something, you know, and she sort of walked in and thought, hang on a minute, this thing's on a hinge. What's behind it? for her to look at the desk to see what's there and then suddenly go up to the painting and open it and say, oh, there's some tech here. It's just a really weird thing. Anyway, she's looking around after finding this communication device. She's looked under the, the general's pillow again. Another um, like really funny uh, sort of plot point to find the doctor sells keys. That, you know, why would you look under the pillow? It's just a little bit funny. Anyway, she goes to the cells, she releases the Doctor. They go, basically, to go and get Jamie as they leave the cells. Captain Ransom, who's one of the, the generals, sort of, second-in-command, he, basically, is waiting at the door for the Doctor and Zoe to, sort of, make their escape. They then take their uh, the Doctor to be shot. They put him on a pole. They ready-aim, and then a gun fires, and that's the end of Episode 1. Episode 2... We basically the gunshot is a sniper at the window. Zoe ends up untying the doctor. Then inside that general's back room, there's of a, a, a TARDIS type noise. Shall I ask you, Becky? How is your electronic wobble?
1: Was a wobble.
0: Well, if you noticed, like the whole serial, because we watch watch the subtitles because sometimes it's easier to pronounce the names or we can hear it because of our children or whatever. So on the subtitles, whenever these like TARDISes, which I think are called Sid Rats, that's what the name was on the Mm. subtitles, whenever they um, appear, it always says electric warbling.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: it's It's just a little bit of a joke, Becky. Try to lighten the mood. Fair so enough. they have this sort of like. Tar- I put it, it's a TARDIS type noise where this machine, which is basically like uh, a box, square box with a door in the middle that sort of opens up. As uh, Ransom comes in, the general has to then hypnotize him to say there is nothing there. He goes inside, and then the, this Sid Rap machine box thing disappears back with Jamie when he's in the military camp the red coat uh, or should I say a red coat is put in with Jamie obviously this is uh, the first time I think they've alluded to Jamie's past a little bit and had two of the same um, era people put together so if I remember right from the Highlanders Jamie's like from the clan and the red coats are the British is that right? Uh, Red coats I
1: think they might have been the British
0: so really So that's, that's what I'm thinking anyway. The doctor and it was that long ago? Mm, that was quite a while ago. The Doctor and Zoe end up commandeering a military vehicle. They then go to the prison where the Doctor and Zoe sort of storm in and fool the military guy, which is called, I think it's Gorton, that he is basically there to inspect the prison. This is quite... I've got to admit, while we're sort of talking about this scene with uh, Patrick Troughton being a very powerhouse of an actor here basically shouting at this Gorton guy that he's trying to fool this serial I found had everything from Patrick Troughton he literally gave his all in this serial and like I say it's a little bit of a shame to see him go especially when he turns in a performance like he did in this serial it's just a nice little plot point to say what did you think of Patrick Trotin's, um acting skills in um. this one I think a he conveyed ugly. every emotion you could have.
1: Yeah, probably. But, you know, I think he could sort of, like, you know, tone it down a bit.
0: Well, yeah, but the point is is that, you know, he's trying to fool this guy at this point that he is there to inspect the prison. The guy's not buying it in the beginning because he's like, well, oh, I want to see your papers for only for Patrick Drayton to say, how dare you say that to me? I'm here to inspect the prison. You know, so he's got to play it over the top so that he's yeah. fooling the guy. Anyway, he does actually fool the guy momentarily. Anyway, Jamie and the red coat end up escaping the cell because they have a little bit of a scuffle to fool the guard. Buckingham, yeah. Buckingham, or Lady Jennifer, she then starts to have a conversation with Carstairs, where she starts to kind of remember what has kind of happened, and this is where she was saying about the mist, um, and that she was tending to the wounded, and then this mist descended on her. The doctor is then informed as he's trying to convince Gorton of. His uh, while he's there that Jamie's escaped the red coat is end up is shot while Jamie is brought to the room where the doctor is in Jamie is not so quick at this point to realise that the doctor is actually playing a role and the doctor has to interject every now and again to say hang on a minute you know I'm playing this role and try to remind Jamie you know to to be, be quiet yeah. so while we're sort of discussing about Jamie here Last week, Space Pirates, Jamie wasn't really written strong, shall I say. And I said it was. It's, it got to the point where I'd like to see Jamie leave now. You know, he's sort of run its course a little bit. This one, I would say that Jamie's probably written a little bit more stronger than what he has been in the past. But maybe it's because we... Spoiler alert, if anyone's not watched it, then go and watch it. But they do eventually end up leaving at the end of this serial. So it's kind of like the last hurrah for Jamie, I find.
1: Yeah, it just sort of... It kind of ended a bit abruptly.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get onto how Thought they... we'd have
1: had more of a sort of warning. Well, we
0: will get on to how they leave in due course. But, yeah, I think he is written a little bit more stronger than what he normally um, has been recently yeah this is where gorton ends up getting a bit fishy about the story zoe has to hit him over the head i think with a, what was a vase um and then they leave just as they go to leave again ransom's there again waiting to capture them he's yeah. always turning up at the wrong times this guy but he's not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed That's really? the way i thought of it but he's always there it's to it's apprehend them way. isn't he He's always there to apprehend them, which I thought was really funny. Anyway, again, Dr. Zoe and Jamie are captured. Jamie then tells the doctor about the red coat and that he was from his time. So this is where the alarm bells start to ring for the doctor and he starts to think, hang on a minute, this can't be happening. So somebody's obviously manipulating time here or there's something going on. Carstairs ends up questioning the Doctor again because he's starting to remember as well as Lady Jennifer. Carstairs then takes the Doctor to the General's room where the Doctor shows him this video screen to try and convince him that things aren't what they seem. Uh, Zoe then shows the video screen. They're looking at it only for then somebody to be watching back and it ends up it is the General Smythe from a different area entirely.
1: Hmm. I think General Smythe kind of creeps me out a little bit.
0: Yes, the character is, um, as villains go, he can be a little bit terrifying, I suppose. Especially yeah. if you're a little child back in late '60s, you know. So, in the end, the Doctor believes. In the end, the Doctor wants to sort of get away from this chateau. Jennifer and Carstairs ends up going back too. They're getting that ambulance van, where. When the machine that was carrying the general ends up materialising back in his back room, the general then gets out. He orders a barrage at the van where there's these explosions and that, only for then the van to sort of drive forward and it disappears and be surrounded by mist. It then reappears on a road where there's no guns, no war zone. It's just a normal sort of land where these... uh, people are coming towards the van one's in a chariot and other there are other ones like on foot and on horseback i think as well they turn out to be basically romans so then there's a bit of a struggle here to get the sort of van sort of working it's, to me it's a bit of a cheap cliffhanger this one because it's one of them ones where it's an easy cliffhanger to write you know struggling to get the van going while you're having these roman centurions running towards you and that's that's the end of the episode so episode three obviously the van does get started they reverse the van back where it came disappears again reappears and this is where the doctor starts to put the pieces to place that there must be different time zones that there must be um a map of all the different time zones and that the Doctor wants to get his hands on this. So they decide to go back to that chateau they go back to the General's back room where they find this safe the Doctor's...
1: Surely you think he would have put the safe behind the picture
0: Well yes and you'd also think that if he had a it's it's one of them, it's again a plot point to get to the next step which were, there were a lot of these in this serial but you would think, why would you put a map in a safe, you know, and why does the general need a map when he's involved in the situation, you know, so yeah, he could just go back to the central control room and he'd know where he was going anyway, so why do they need a map? It's it's like I say, it's just a plot point to get to the next stage. So the doctor's idea is that he wants to blow open the safe. Again, This is another plot point for me. If you've got a bit of paper in the safe and you blow it up, aren't you going to damage the paper? Or at least set fire to it or something like that? It's just a bit strange. He does attempt to pick the lock, but that doesn't really sort of work there's a little call back here to the space pirates with the audio lock where jamie says you're not going to use a tuning fork are you and so there's a nice little callback there they end up using a mills bomb which is disassembled by the doctor they use a bit of candle wax to extend the fuse to give him a longer fuse only for then this soldier to come in called crane he comes into question car stays. he goes to leave as the safe blows up crane then goes in to see that it's basically the doctor's blown up the safe. He's end, he's end up tied up. The doctor finds this map with all these different stones and there's a blank space in the middle, which the doctor says, we need to get there. They're then captured by the Germans as they're moving about. And again, the doctor has to resort to using the name John Smith. So again, there's another real reference to John Smith in this one. So it's mm-hmm. nice little, nice, there's quite they, a few yeah, references. Yeah, they kind
1: of do that every now and again.
0: Yeah, there's quite a few references in this serial as well, which is quite nice to see. Once again, the Doctor is questioned um, by this German officer. He tries to tell the truth about space time and uh, travelling and all the stuff. Jay- uh, Zoe and Jamie are questioned as well. Only for then, the Doctor used his sonic screwdriver device on the guy's gun to screw the screw. So we say unscrew the screw out of it and then screw it back in as a sort of demonstration. The German soldier, he kind of wavers at this point and starts to believe him, only for then this German general to come in and pull the German to the German soldier to his back room, where he uses this time a monocle to hypnotize the German soldier into believing that the doctor and his companions are spies. So again, this kind of this is kind of the story going forward is like there's a general smythe who's like the english general he's got a pair of glasses that can hypnotize people and you've got like this german guy who's got a monocle to hypnotize people and i can't Fair remember enough. is it von welk or something his name was it was something like that he does crop up a little bit more in this in the story in the future as well so we then get like a scene where that uh german general goes to his sort of communications device as well, so he's got exactly the same as what General Smyves has. The doctor ends up trying to show this German soldier his sonic screwdriver demonstration again, but in the end, this is more of a distraction than anything else because he steals the gun they get escort they get the German to escort them to back to the van where an alarm goes off in this control room, so we start to see the control room a bit more now, where the general is in is The General Smythe is questioned by what we come to know as the War Chief, who orders that the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe be captured alive. While they're in the van, there's some shots fired. And then we end up in a different time zone, which is the American Civil War this time, where this tree falls down. In front of the van as they're trying to make their escape, so they have to get out. There's a bit of fighting with Carstairs, there's a bit of a firefight. They end up moving the tree and they drive on as Carstairs holds off the American Civil War soldiers. They end up running out of petrol, they have to go on foot. Carstairs is captured while the doctor, Jamie and Zoe and Lady Jennifer, who's also with them, end up in this barn where they hide. There's another TARDIS a warbling sound. A machine appears, it opens up, the troops come out. Zoe starts to question the machine and says it's a bit like a TARDIS. So, again, there's more clues here as well. The doctor goes inside as there are shots in the barn. Jamie and um, Jamie and Lady Jen have to stay as Zoe and the Doctor disappear in this Sid Rep TARDIS. And that's the end of episode three. So, like I say, it's really, to me, I love the pace of this um, serial. It's
1: To be honest, and see, I've said this already to before, that to be honest, I think that, you know, the way they've just sort of... They've got so much content in it and I think they could have probably done it in maybe over like they could have easily have done it like over different stories and probably done like a bit here, a bit there, you know, and a bit everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just doing a whole ten episode.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying, but
1: Doing so ten episodes it is To be
0: fair, it is a tale of two halves a little bit as well. You've kinda of gotten I think it's like eight, nine episodes, and then the last episode is completely different. Um but to me I like I do like you, you you disagree with me, but I love the pacing of this one. I think the pacing is really good and I just found it was very engaging, and that's the reason why I went through the whole lot in one go, because I was really, really engaged in it. Mm. Episode four. It
1: was okay. It wasn't as bad well, as the, you know, space parts.
0: Well, they definitely finished on a high. That's the way I look at it. Episode four. Lady Jennifer and Jamie are captured. Once again, the Doctor and Zoe are inside this Sidrat Tarabas, where, lo and behold, it is bigger on the inside. Well, duh. The Doctor explores around where he finds these different groups of soldiers from different time periods. The machine ends up landing. They have to hide as these Roman soldiers leave. It takes off again. Jen, Jennifer and Jamie are questioned by these American Civil War soldiers. They're tied up because, again, they think they're spies. There is a, li- I admit, there is a little bit of sameness in this you know like they are questions they're tied up they're captured and that is kind of the sort of format that they do have so it doesn't really deviate from that too much um but you can understand that they've done that to probably prolong the story a little bit so it's 10 anyway as they're tied up there's some gunshots jennifer and jamie end up sort of trying to struggle to get the knife they are then released by what i put is a confederate soldier um and i think his name was harper the first black person I've seen in a Doctor Who serial for quite a while as well. Yeah. And people who are in England will recognise him as being from EastEnders.
1: Rudolph Walker. Yep, that's right. Or Patrick Truman, either or.
0: Yes. So I think at this point, I think the, the German general comes in but he's now adopting an American accent, so now he's like an American general. He ends up trying to sort of hypnotize the confederates and say that the jennifer and jamie are yankee spies they are then recaptured the machine ends up that the doctor and zoe are in ends up landing again this time in the control area the doctor and zoe leave they put on these really funny type of plastic glasses i'm guessing they're plastic with crosses on they're a bit strange looking yeah. Jennifer and Jamie end up getting it's released. It's
1: you can see from.
0: Well, that is what it is. And also, they th- the logic behind it is if they wear the glasses, they're not going to be recognised. And they're going to mix into the crowd, even though the doctor's wearing checked trousers, you know, and really weird outfits. It's just... Anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer and Jamie end up I getting...
1: understand the whole purpose of a disguise, but isn't the purpose of a disguise... Um, a bit more than just putting on a pair of glasses.
0: Well, yes, it is. But you don't know what these glasses kind of do. They do not really explain what these glasses no. actually do, do they? Not really. But Anyway, Jennifer and Jamie end up releasing themselves and escaping. They, uh, The general ends up trying to... I think he tries to hypnotise Harper, um, yeah. but it doesn't really work. And then there's this name drop of the resistance. So quickly, there are these... Obviously, these people are being hypnotised and mind-controlled, but there is a certain sort of group of people who for who this hypnotizing doesn't really work and they've broken this hypno hypno i keep trying to say hypnotherapy hypnotizing hypnosis hypnosis is the word they try to they've broke this hypnosis and then they still uh remember their memories but they've, and they've sort of made a resistance to overthrow these people that are basically like the generals if that makes any sense probably not oh mm. well Moving on, Jamie ends up getting separated from Jennifer. He commandeers a horse. The Doctor and Zoe are escorted into a lecture where this guy's going on about this processing machine for um, re-hypnotising people and sort of reprogramming, only for then Carstairs to be brought in as a prisoner. He sort of points a little bit at the Doctor and Zoe who are kind of sitting there saying, no, 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 no. He is then reprogrammed and he then points them out as German spies Jamie ends up helping Jennifer and then they are captured once again. So again, Jamie just keeps getting captured in this one as well. So he is right. He all do. He is written strong, but he is very weak when it comes to being captured because Carstairs are saying about uh, the doctor and Zoe being German spies. They think there's a fault with the machine. The doctor ends up tinkering with this uh, processing machine. Jamie and Jennifer go back to that barn with uh, Harper so then, some fighting between the Yankees and the Confederates. Jamie and Jennifer end up getting released once again, only for then the German general to be captured, the one with the monocle. The war chief then comes into this um, with the doctor when he's in this processing room. He kind of recognises the doctor. This is his first little hint here. Uh, something's up with the war chief. He recognises the doctor who then just basically shouts to Zoe to run these alarms go off the doctor and Zoe are separated Carstairs then points a gun at Zoe and she's accused of being a spy and then that's the end of episode four going to episode five going to episode five Carstairs is stopped by the scientist person back in the barn there's a little bit of interfighting with the resistance the German general, he sort of goes for the panel only for then Jamie to stop him. Zoe is in a room again. Once she's once she is once again questioned by the security chief, who places on this funny looking helmet, which we come to know is called the Truth Machine, where it basically head scans her. She is then forced to sort of answer these questions about where did she come from? She comes from the what, Becky? I don't know the 21st century I can't remember (laughs) which
1: well I don't know if it was the 21st century because the pure and simple fact what year was it when she was found on the spaceship
0: and also it's a bit strange because I would have thought that this
1: we're living in the 21st century I thought it
0: was the 21st century I might be wrong again uh, listeners let me know in the comments no I think you were
1: right basically mm, they did say the 21st century mm, but I don't think that in the 21st century You know, in the next 80-odd years, well, 79 years, you're going to have people living on fucking rockets. But they tried to say,
0: the security chief tried to say this was the past. uh, That was the future for them. But you would think with all the tech that the war chief has and what comes to be called the warlord, they all have. That tech looks more advanced than what Zoe's tech was. So you would think that this was the future and that actually she was in the past. But obviously, again, it's that plot point, Mm. isn't it, you know? So, this sort of helmet thing as well looks a bit daft. I found it's just basically like a magnifier, sort of pointed, at, pointed out. It's really quite strange. The doctor is still running what, about. The stupid hat! Yeah, the truth machine.
1: Truth machine? Have they ever heard of sodium friggin'
0: pentathol? I think is the word. Sodium pentathol Pentathol. Yeah, which whichever one of them. The Doctor is still running the boat, the, uh, the I don't know what to call it, it's sort of a, I don't really want to use the word base, because that's all Patrick Troton's uh, stereos are, as bases, but he's kind of like a base type thing. He stumbles across the scientist uh, who, they put Carstairs into the machine, he deprograms Carstairs to basically recognise him again, and it's what he duly does. They then end up putting the scientist into the machine and turning it on, they then leave to go and find Zoe. The general then rushes back in the back in the barn. The German general. Did
1: you gen- know that the true Serums are actually legal. Some are actually legal, mm. and people still still can use them. All right. Yeah, as sodium pentothal.
0: Yes. So back in the barn, the German soldier ends up rushing for the bot for a button on the tech. The war chief questions the security chief about. Uh, Zoe's background the security chief there's a bit of inter sort of play between the war chief and the security chief they kind of have this little sort of inner rivalry as well during the serial the doctor and Carstairs end up finding Zoe the doctor looks at this helmet in the uh, security room he puts it on they end up leaving the room going towards the loading bay where these TARDIS like machines are basically that's where they're going to and from. Uh, a TARDIS ends up landing in the barn. It opens up. these soldiers come out. Should I say, gimp soldiers? Becky.
1: Yeah, kind of they were kind
0: of like in all like a PVC outfit with like a hood on with goggles.
1: Yeah, they were kind of uh... like a
0: skiing outfit.
1: Uh, well, it was like cross between a dive, at, like a snorkeling suit without the snorkel. It was like they had. It was like they had the diving suit on, and what they needed was an oxygen tank, a snorkel, and some flippers.
0: Yeah, it's kind of strange look as well. It kind of reminds me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, really, with Mike TV with the white suits. If you can remember that bit.
1: No, I still say diver.
0: Wow. Okay. I
1: still say um, scuba so divers. So the
0: soldiers come out. There's a bit of fighting. Harper ends up getting killed the warlord's name is first dropped here, that he... thing
1: is, though, right, that the whole idea of a scuba diver is to sort of look like a sea creature, which is the closest thing they'd resemble probably is a seal, right? Mm. Now, basically, what if you get something that's going to try and eat a seal? Yeah. Then you're kind okay. of bugged.
0: Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, the warlord's name is first dropped here. Jamie ends up entering the Sid Rat TARDIS machine Jen stays behind the door closes takes off the war chief then he sort of got a more of an understanding of space and time travel and then we get this first um the security I think it's the security chief he says his people this is the first sort of mm, this first sort of dropping of information that maybe the war chiefs A little bit more than what he seems, and that there's a little bit more of a link to the Doctor here. I
1: know, that was a creative beard, though.
0: Well, yeah.
1: You're saying that because you've got beard envy.
0: Well, yes. It was a good beard.
1: It was a good beard. It had, like, weird points going out that Um, way.
0: The Doctor Zoe and Carstairs end up hiding in the TARDIS room, or the loading bay, where... It's
1: a landing bay.
0: Well, I thought they said it was a loading bay.
1: They called it the landing, a landing bay. The landing bay then,
0: where these guards come and surround the landing TARDIS where Jamie gets out and then they basically fire at these civil soldiers and Jamie and that's the end of episode five. Episode six, Jamie is dragged away. The Doctor, Zoe and Carstairs end up going to the processing room where the war chief ends up talking about the people and this is the very first name drop for the Time Lords. We're now getting into that sort of um, lore now of Time Lords. Gallery. Yeah, well, they didn't actually name the planet. No, not, not yet. Not yet. It's not been named now. Jamie is put into the truth machine. Uh, the Doctor gains... Why in-
1: is it a truth machine? Literally, they strap him to a practical chair.
0: Yeah, and they put that helmet on.
1: On the person to ask him questions, yeah. it's not him.
0: Yeah.
1: That's not strapping him into a machine, then, is it?
0: Well, yeah, but they tied him down, didn't they?
1: Well, yeah, but that's just a strap. That could be a chair with velcro straps. Mm. The doctor they're strapping him down. That's not putting him into a machine.
0: The doctor gains entry to the room by removing this panel, but they're kind of staying back out of the room. Jamie is to be taken to the security chief. The war chief then comes in and questions why Jamie Seems is to be, to be a lot taken. Of chiefs. Well, there is, yes. Yeah. That was another thing, you know. so like
1: the security chief, the war chief, the warlord. Yeah, is there's... Well, it, how many? It, it can so be very confusing do, with the characters. Don't you actually have any staff?
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? So...
1: no, know, all you chiefs.
0: So, um, the war chief comes in, questions why Jamie is to be taken. Jamie is then questioned again by that truth machine, Uh there's, like we said, an inner struggle between the chiefs here. The Doctor, Zoe, and Carstairs rouse some soldiers. They end up escaping from the processing room um, where there's some alarms going off. The Doctor wants to join the Resistance armies together, so we're getting into the tail end of the story now. The German general, he ends up trying to hypnotise this guard, only for then Jamie to be rescued by the Doctor back in the control base where they go to the landing bay. They send Jamie and the other uh, army soldiers in other machines. The machine lands as the general is trying to hypnotise the guard, which was called Moore. And a little bit of trivia is that was actually Patrick Troughton's son, David Troughton. So it's a little bit of trivia for you there, you Becky. Told me that. There's a bit of a fist fight where Moore is kind of defeated. The general goes for a gun only for then, the general to be shot by more and killed. The doctor then goes for the processing machine. This time, I think his idea is if he gets the processing machine, he can deprogram the soldiers to get more of an army. So that's why he goes back for that machine. They then go back to the landing bay, use one of the TARDIS-type machines to travel, and but as they're in the machine, they are stopped f- from departing by the war chief. Who has basically forced the TARDIS to start getting smaller from within? So obviously it's yeah, kind of trying fashion. to force, yeah, trying to force the Doctor out. And then there's a account of you have thirty seconds left, and that's the end of episode six. So episode seven picks up where the door opens and the Doctor comes out with a white sort of handkerchief as a surrender type thing. He ends up throwing a snow. He ends up throwing a smoke bomb. Goes to the panel, sort of tweaks the panel to put the TARDIS back into normal dimensions. Gets back into the machine. An alarm sounds as the Warlord is arriving. They then land in the Roman era. The Warlord arrives in the room with the War Chief. Eagle-eyed people probably would know that that is actually... The Warlord is actually played by Philip Maddox. So, Philip Maddox was actually previous in Doctor Who... He had a role in, I think it was, the Crotons, I'm thinking, as one of the people who, I think he wanted to just take it to the Crotons and overthrow them. I think that's what it was. can't quite remember. But also for people in Britain, or maybe it's in, it's in a national show, so maybe people have seen it. But Dad's Army, he was in Dad's Army as well, as one of the most famous um, supporting characters to be in it. Which was in the German U-boat crew. He played the captain. So, don't
1: know. I ain't seen it not that long.
0: So for the people, it's the "What is your name?" line, and it's the "Don't tell him Pike." That's uh, that's um, that's Fid- Philip Maddox. So that's just a little bit of background on yeah, who's I playing mean, the warlord.
1: I, I can't recall his face because well he's definitely longer.
0: looks he very he definitely looks a lot different in this one he's got obviously a short hair he's got like the barrel glasses or whatever you call them the beer bottle glasses on as well you know i think he didn't he have a, a little goatee beard as well he, he looks very different than what you would normally see him I uh, previously story line,
1: and, mainly of, because of what pike sings mm.
0: so the doctor jamie and Carstairs end up crossing the time barrier back on foot pursued by some romans but they don't really get too far the law, uh, the warlord has to end up taken over in the end because of this, in this inner bickering between the two chiefs. In the nineteen seventeen zone, Doctor Jamie and Carstairs end up arriving. The General Smythe is informed of the doctor's return. There's this machine gun nest which starts firing at the doctor. Zoe and some soldiers end up taking out this gun. But I think you'll find at that point. Actually, must have been writing some notes because I didn't actually see it. But I think the Doctor, Jamie and Carstairs end up captured, I think. Mm. And then they are definitely brought to the General, so they must be captured. The Doctor is then ordered again, once again, to be uh, killed by firing squad. They're taken away as the General... As the general goes to his communications device, he then lies about the doctor saying, I think he's already been killed, but they said they want him alive. So he has to go and quickly halt the firing squad to get this processing machine back. The resistance end up attacking the chateau. The doctor is freed and the general goes into his back room. He communicates to the war chief. The general is then killed, trying to deactivate the zone controls around the chateau. The warlord then has this plot to attack the Chateau. The Doctor reprograms the zone barrier to put a force field around the Chateau to keep them in. This machine lands with these guards getting out. They end up attacking. The security chief ends up capturing the Doctor because what happens is the security chief and two of his GIMP soldiers come out of the room. The, bro- the programming machine is at their feet so the Doctor sort of in his haste, sort of goes for that machine. They end up them getting him, putting him in the machine, and then they leave, and that's the end of Episode 7. So again, this, to me, was a momentary lapse from the Doctor. You know, yes, the machine is important, but I thought the Doctor being there was more important. So he, he sort of stupidly got captured in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't very intelligent. So Episode 8, they end up landing in the base headquarters the doctor is questioned once again this time by the truth machine he sort of tries to resist the machine there is a machine gun set up in the back room which takes out a few of the gimp soldiers as they're trying to come in and then they sort of back off there's some grenades thrown into the machine as it takes off um the chief comes in as the doctor's being questioned the doctor is then uh, ref uh, referred to as a one of them beings one of the chief's race so now we know that there's a little bit of a link between the doctor and the war chief here yeah and that he kind of knows the doctor from the past they end up going to the war room where the uh, the war chief questions the doctor we get a bit about uh, a bit more backstory about the doctor i kind of like these little moments where we get like a little piece of what's happened with the doctor um i think they really do flesh out the role we find out that he actually originally stole the tardis because he basically was a bit bored you know the the as we find out with the time lords they kind of got all this sort of technology and all this advancement but they don't really use it and they kind of just watch they don't really interfere and they don't really do anything but the doctor he got a bit bored with that he wanted to see planets and different species and that sort of thing so he stole a tardis to um, often. yeah to 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 experience the world The chief, the war chief, comes up with this little plan with the doctor where he he wants him to help him a little bit to overthrow the warlord. Back at the shadow, these bandit resistance uh, soldiers come in. Zoe uses Jamie as the leader of their resistance uh, team, army, whichever you want to call them, uh, to sort of get the bandits to join, which they do. The warlord then comes in as the chief is questioning the doctor. We find out, obviously, that they're trying to back back at the chateau they're trying to enforce this plan to gather all the um all the armies together and they ga- they're going to be gathering at the barn back in the war room there is a discussion with the war chief to release a, a neutron bomb which i thought a neutron bomb was um daleks Nuclear. i thought it was a daleks bomb to be fair the neutron yeah. bomb so it's i don't know if that's supposed to be like they have the uh the secret to the neutron bomb from the Daleks or not. I'm not really too sure if that's what it means here or they just sort of use it again. But anyway, the Doctor then appears on the text screen in the bomb where he ends up sending one of these Sid rat TARDIS machines. Watch Jeremy and Zoe go inside with a group of soldier, resistant soldiers. It takes off. As they come out, the guards surround the TARDIS Sidrat machine. And that's the end of episode eight. Episode nine, the Doctor is basically... Giving the impression he's working for them, we know he's not, but they think he is. They take the group to the processing room where the Doctor questions the War Chief about his sidrat Tardises. Basically, the way they are, they're sort of losing power. I think it is where they can only sort of materialise and dematerialise so many times. They're running out of power now. So basically, the War Chief wants the Daleks' tar. Uh, basically, the War Chief wants the Doctor's Tardis to be to make new ones i think it is so that he can continue the war games the doctor then offers to reprogram the machines yeah and he has to then go and reprogress uh, reprocess the group the resistance ends up tacking the doctor because they think he's working with them only for jamie then to step in and try to the doctor try to explain about the bomb the guard's the Gimp Guards ends up stepping in and stopping the resistance from killing the Doctor. The security then plays back uh, the security chief. Then plays back the recording of the Doctor and the Chief talking, and there's kind of plans to overthrow the Warlord. Jamie um, is then reprocessed by the Doctor but he's not really. It's just like a little game that they're trying to play to sort of convince the guards. Jamie plays along. Zoe then ends up being next. The chief is then... The chief is then uh, basically arrested by the security chief. He's then escorted towards the send step. He's then escorted to the cells where they will collect the doctor on the way. The guards, as they come into the reprocessing room, are taken out by the resistance. They used. Uh, basically the chief to get about they basically want to go to the loading uh, the landing bay i think it is so they want to use the war chief who turns around and says they don't know what i've been arrested yet so i can go there and that'll be fine the doctor and resistance then take over the war room as an alarm is set off the security chief is then taken out by the war chief Um, they don't have many machines now to get many people back to their hometowns so they order all or fighting to be ceased in the wars, uh, the war games. And then the Doctor says that to get all the people home, he has to call them, basically, the Time Lords. He puts these little, like, uh, card things on the floor where he then sits cross-legged. So it's a sort of meditation. I don't
1: think they were cards. I think they were more like... Um... What do you call them? Sort of like plas- plastic acrylics where Yeah, they're a bit
0: strange. I've never seen a doctor do this before and I've never seen him do it since. So it's a little bit of a strange plot thing. He puts these like five like plastic pieces on the floor which end up making a box which he says that he has put basically what's been happening and his cry for help into the box. Um... The war chief ends up disappearing at this point. Back in the loading bay, he is stopped by the warlord. The chief tries to escape, but he is killed. The doctor and his group go to the landing bay. They take all the guards. The doctor then gets the box out of his pocket, sits on the floor. He sends it off to the time lords. Jamie and Zoe basically are saying goodbye at this point they start to say their goodbyes because the, doc- the doctor says once the time lords sort of catch up with him they'll be sent back to their own times anyway so they do- he just so start to say you know i've got to say goodbye here because the time lords are going to send you home they're loyal to the doctor they want to go back to the tardis they end up being ushered into a sit they go back to 1917 where the doctor hurries towards the tardis as um, the soldiers and bandits and the resistance members start to disappear there's a, a a slow-mo running towards the TARDIS as a Dr. Jamie and Zoe struggle to get to the TARDIS they get near the TARDIS door the doctor puts the key in the door as the episode ends and then we get into the last episode of Patrick Troughton's run which was episode 10 they're trying to get into the TARDIS. They can't really move. There's this force field that is surrounding them. They end up forcing their way into the TARDIS by getting the door open. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe are inside. They they force the TARDIS then to take off. The Doctor is basically being hounded by these Time Lords now. So they go to different areas. They. This is where we get a bit more of the backstory for the Doctor saying he was a bit bored of the Time Lords. And this is where he wanted to leave so he left and he basically got involved with things which the time lords don't really um they don't they frown upon it shall we say so they end up starting to land soon they end up landing in the air and it goes into the sea which i thought was very reminiscent of the fury from the deep scene because yeah. in that one they sort of land in the middle of the sky and then they descend But this time they sort of say the TARDIS can float, we know this, but it doesn't. It actually sinks under the water, starts leaking. They end up taking off into a place where the Doctor feels that the Time Lords can't find them, which is into space. The Time Lords end up talking to the Doctor now, where they talk about a trial. The Doctor's still trying to run. The controls move by themselves and end up sending the uh, the TARDIS back to the Time Lords' home planet. Again, like we said earlier, they don't name the planet yet, which will become Gallifrey. Yeah. We don't really know that at the minute, but he ends up getting home. Outside, they go into the corridors, into a hall where the warlord is standing there and his trial begins. The doctor is then called forward as a sort of witness the warlord refuses to speak and then he's forced to because the time lords inflict uh, pain on him but again again is another thing that the time lords can actually now inflict pain on people which is something the doctor doesn't do he's more of a pacifist isn't he he doesn't really want to hurt people so does he have that ability we don't really know i've never seen him use it if there is an ability so the warlord accuses the doctor of sort of cooperating with him while this trial is going on, the Time Lords are sort of tinkering with the TARDIS a little bit here when a Sid Rap appears and the GIMP guards come out to basically go for the Warlord. So he is found guilty, and then the Doctor is ended up put on trial. Jamie and Zoe are left behind as the Doctor is sort of put on trial. He admits that he is proud that he involved and he tries to justify why he got involved in that. Um, then we go through a selection of the different monsters he's faced. So we see his little... On the screen, we see the Quarks, the Yeti, the Ice Warriors, the Cybermen, the Daleks, who are supposed... I think Pat Troughton, he kind of uh, refers to the Daleks as the most evil thing he's ever faced. I think that's basically what he does. Mm-hmm. The Time Lords say they need to make a decision. But Jamie and Zoe are to be sent home. They want to see the Doctor. They end up getting allowed to see the Doctor. And this is where they say their goodbyes. They still kind of want to try and escape. And they try to try to persuade the Doctor, who ends up agreeing. They go for the TARDIS, but the Time Lords sort of stop them there. And this is when they say goodbye for good this time. They end up going into the sit-rep TARDIS machine. Then leaves and then they return to their time, but they'll only remember the first adventure, nothing more. So they won't invent. They won't remember any of their missions or uh, adventures with the Doctor. And I found that a little bit bittersweet. To be fair, I find it it's a little bit sad, really, that the uh, Doctor Jamie and Zoe just don't remember the Doctor at all. And you know, I find that's a kind of a, a crappy way for them to write Zoe and Jamie out of it, especially now that. Um, I think outside of Barbara and Ian, I think these two are probably the longest serving companions in Doctor Who. It's kind of a crap way. You know, even Barbara and Ian remember the Doctor, you know. Yeah. But anyway, the Doctor is then sentenced, where I think the Time Lords say that, yes, he is justified in helping out, but there must be a punishment for it. He is to remain on the planet that he seems to be, I've got an attachment to, which is Earth in exile, and he is to have a different face. I never thought that. I was, th- I think, the the thinking's behind the different face is that the Doctor says, "Well, you can't send me there. I'm recognised there." So they say, "Right, well, we'll change your appearance then." They give him a, cho- uh, um, a choice of four faces. I think one's to fat one's too thin one's too old one's too young you know he's kind of not happy so in the end they choose the face for him and then there's a scene where there's pat triton's like four or five of his head spinning around him in the middle and that's his regeneration and that's it i think he's the only doctor to not be regenerated or, or to see the full regeneration i think he's the only one so and that was the end of the war games. So what did you think of the war games, Becky?
1: It was kind of weird. I
0: think it's yeah, it's bittersweet. I found especially with Jamie and Zoe. Um, it was it,
1: it was a bit odd because to be honest, you know, in a way, yeah, I kind of liked it, and in a way, I didn't. So
0: mm. well, we'll find out what Mark Campbell thought of the war games with his verdict. Overlong, obviously, but there's no denying that this is a turning point in the show's history. The Doctor's repose to the Time Lords is heady stuff, and the psychedelic sets and costumes are groovy. Just a shame there's no regeneration. A nine out of ten. A nine, really? I think it's up there.
1: I want not say it's A nine. I'd say it's probably about a six or a seven. It's not
0: a six or a seven. There's no way. It is. There's no way it's a six or seven. You're being very, no, very harsh then. I'm
1: not being harsh. I'm just saying how it is, which I always do. Well, is I don't think that it, could, it does a nine. We'll
0: agree to disagree. I think it's a nine. No. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lovely little sending off for Patrick Trotin, even though he does return in like three serials. <laughs> So, I
1: just don't think it warranted a nine.
0: So, that being said, it's now time to wrap up Patrick Troughton. So, we'll go through, I think, the poll, because I haven't really said what the War Games poll number is. I'm going to do that this now, where we go through all the episodes and um, say where they were in the anniversary poll. So, we like to do this every time. So, I'm going to start off at the uh, basically the lowest of the low and go to the... to um, finish it on the highs so out of 241 this is 235 was the space pirates so that's the lowest of the low so we kind of agree with that 234 is the dominators Mm. i would put that a bit higher but oh well 224th was the underwater menace Two hundred and seven was the crotons then 177th was the wheel in space. That one I found is quite a jump there, you know, from mm. 207 to 177. I would never have put the wheel in space. That you know, but clearly, there's I would ones put it worse. I would. Have, I would have said that that's probably more down towards the 200s. But oh well, 166 was the Highlanders. 150 was the Macra Terror. 142 was the Faceless Ones. 141 was the Ice Warriors. 126 was the Seeds of Death. Again, I would have put them two the other way round. I wouldn't have had the Ice Warriors um, below the Seeds of Death. I, I definitely thought that the Ice Warriors was better than the Seeds of Death. Uh. 130, uh, 113th, the Moon Base. 87th, I think it's 87th in my writing. The Abominable Snowmen. 73rd was the Mind Robber. 69th, Fury from the Deep. 56th was the Enemy of the World. 34th. So we're into the uh, getting into top forty now. Evil of the Daleks, uh, thirty-three was the invasion. Twenty-three was the Tomb of the Cybermen. Now we're getting into top twenty. Nineteenth, Power of the Daleks. Sixteenth, The Web of Fear. And coming in at number twelve was the War Games, Becky. So come in in the top twenty, even in the top fifteenth. So it's nearly oh. got into the top ten for the fans' most no. enjoyable one. So Too long. yeah. So Patrick Trout and Becky, what do you think of Patrick Trout? He
1: kind of reminds me of my granddad.
0: Well, I thought you said that William Hartnell reminded you of your granddad.
1: Yeah, but the fact is my he reminded me of my granddad because so, of the cantankerous side, but if... William um but then Patrick Troughton kind of reminded me of my granddad's more admirable qualities and his sense of humor.
0: Mm, yes. Would you say then, objectively, and
1: my sense of humour, because that's just awesome. Would
0: you objectively say then that Patrick Troughton was better than William Hartnell? Now that we've seen two doctors,
1: I wouldn't say that they're better than each other. I because think because they or, they both have um, individual qualities.
0: The thing is with Patrick Troughton's doctor, it's like it's like
1: you can't it's like trying to compare right a Cadbury's bar of chocolate with Galaxy. Right? Mm. You can't because there's so many variations of each one of Cadbury's and Galaxy and like I love a crunchy, right? But would I have the honeycomb crisp galaxy? No. Because I don't like it. But I have had the I've like I'd eat Oreos and chocolate. But would I eat chocolate Oreo like Oreos in a chocolate bar? No. Mm. but do i like the galaxy cookie crumble hell yes my point exactly it's just different things and but then if it comes to caramel Mm. that's just like well i don't know how we got to chocolate we were talking about doctor who no but what i'm saying is if it's caramel or if it's like the normal chocolate then that's like a big overall definite but you know this is my thing each one has individual qualities of which i like and don't like
0: the thing, the so,
1: the th- fact is, you can't, like I say, you can't just basic turn around and say, well, oh, Hartnell or Troughton. Well, you I can can't. say,
0: I, I enjoyed Patrick Troughton's run better than Hartnell's.
1: I don't, uh, at the end of the day, I can't say that because the pure and simple fact, like I said, it's like trying to pick, you know, Cadbury's See, over the galaxy, thing is with, you just don't.
0: The thing is for Patrick Troughton's doctor is there's a lot of things that happen. It's like
1: trying to say to someone, who do you love more, your husband or your kids? You, you know, it's it's just basically you don't that's just something you don't say you know it's just something you can't you can't make that decision it's like you know it's a very complex one because they both have redeeming qualities they both are good at what they did Mm -hmm. and you know in different areas as well and it's hard to choose
0: patrick tron definitely made the doctor his own uh, yeah, but precisely. there was there was some things during Patrick Troughton's run that were became like, you know, synonymous with the Doctor. So the sonic screwdriver, you the know John Smith thing. Yep. Yeah, they're now things that going forward, they're now in the law of the Time Lords, uh yeah. or, or shall I say the law of the Doctor. You know, so he did a lot of things. You know, like introducing a new monster, like the Cybermen. I think they done really well with that. And I think the I be- must
1: admit, I did think that Patrick Troughton done more sciencey stuff. Yeah, they moved away William from Hartnall'd the historical
0: it. stories and went more into the science. Yeah, but space I, li- I do point.
1: like a historical story. You know that. Mm. And but, I know. think
0: I think the one of the best things they did um, was to retire the Daleks. I think it was a very very well done. Like. They made the Cyberman. You know, you think of Patrick Troughton's Doctor, you think Cyberman. You know, you think of William Hartnell's Doctor, you think Daleks. You know, so they've actually yeah put something in there that you now think and recognise as you know his, you know his monster is. Yeah, I do, you know. I
1: do agree, but I just uh, like I say, I, I don't think I could choose between the two of them. I
0: definitely, I said this, I've said this throughout the whole run. You know, it is the quality over the quantity. He wasn't there for as long as William Hartnell, but the stories he done were i would say by and large a step up yes he had some really bad ones and we're always going to say that you know william hartnell had probably a better story than patrick trotan or patrick Trouton had better stories than william hartnell i think they each had both their good ones and their bad ones oh
1: well, yeah definitely you know. It's,
0: it's hard to sort of you know because
1: well, we all know for a while you know that I didn't think much of a few in the beginning of William Hart also. The thing
0: is, the thing is that Doctor Who's ever-evolving, you know, they're getting, you know, closer to, you know, they're now going out of a decade, they're going into a new decade where, you know, things changed in society, you know, tele-change, it's now going to go to colour, you know, and mm. they can do more with colour and stuff like that, so it's ever-evolving and that's what well, you have yeah, to Well,
1: now, yeah, like nowadays they're bringing out more, a lot more things just like, because obviously in the 90s, CGI was big and things like that, and that was sort of coming into effect, and now special effects are even more than that, and they're so, you know, computerised and everything.
0: And for me, it's um, mostly a completely new watch. I haven't really seen much of Patrick Troughton. I've seen the odd thing here and there, but this is the first time I've actually sat down and watched the whole entire run. No,
1: to be honest, I, you know, I think I've seen a few a couple of John Pertwee that you've put on and I've fallen asleep when I've gone to sleep or I've seen like um, Peter Davison or Mm. um, other ones but I've not really, even Sylvester McCoy. And
0: I said last week about the comedy I I had the impression that Patrick Troughton was the all-seeing, all-laughing doctor, but kind of not really when you think about it. Yes, he had his comedy moments and he also yeah, had little moments. Yeah, does get
1: quite serious. Yeah,
0: and he also had his moments where he's like, you know, where I don't know, a villain will ask him to sit down and he'll be like, oh, thank you, and he'll sit down. He'll have that like, sort of polite clownish type way, but, he, you know.
1: Yeah, but then he has the moments where he's like, I will not sit down, and it's just like. Yeah, and he has you that know, sort of... He does have, a,
0: Yeah, he has that sort of stubborn streak, which you could say comes from William Hartnell's cantankerous Doctor. Me. <laughs> so, you know, overall, I'm, I've am i been happy. Companions as well, not very much of a change through the companion oh, well, list. It was more the female companion that changed. Jamie yeah. was the one that stayed for the duration near enough, the whole duration yeah. of his run. You know, and y- when you think like Patrick and second Doctor, you think of Jamie, you know, it's another thing like the Cyberman. Jamie, for me... Yes, he's a very good companion. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. To me, personally, probably up till now, he's probably the best companion that we've seen. Yeah. I think he's been written the best. Zoe, probably, yeah. She's she. Yeah. Zoe's a bit of a funny one for me. They kind of writ her strong in some episodes, weak in another. She kind of was very... Annoying. Uh, well, I don't think she was as annoying as some of the companions have had.
1: Yeah, like Vicky... Victoria.
0: Victoria was probably... Dodo. Yeah, but Vicky Vicky and Dodo, weren't they more of... Um, I think Dodo was more of Patrick Troughton's Doctor, but I think uh, Vicky was more of William Hartnell's Doctor. So to me, Victoria's probably the weakest companion that Patrick Troughton had. What do you think of the monster selection, Becky, in this one?
1: Well, I think the better one is mainly the Abominable Snowman, but that's only because I want you to say it, because... That's funny how you get it wrong a lot of But I of will.
0: Time. Okay, then, The Yeti. Because they were the Yeti, not the Abominable Snowman.
1: No, but the original episode they were in, the first one, was well, called the Abominable Well, like snowman. I said, the,
0: the crowning joy was, uh, you know...
1: And Yeti is the same thing as an Abominable Snowman.
0: The the crowning jewel, shall like I say... Like the Sasquatch was, is the same thing as you know, Bigfoot. The crowning jewel was the Cyberman. You know, we get to see the Cybermen. Um Favourite story, Becky? What serial did you like the most?
1: Now you asked me something.
0: That is a tricky question. Well, I kind of like the war games. I think that was you know, probably nah. one of the best ones, you know. Um, have a look through Mark Campbell's guide, Becky, to remind yourself of oh the episodes, God. if you must... But, yeah, they had some really good ones, you know. I don't know. What I was think, the um,
1: last one I, that we gave a high score on?
0: Well, I don't know. I can't really remember. The, you know, Tomb of the Cybermen sticks out in my mind as a good one. You know, you had the Macro Terror with the big crabs. I liked that one. Oh, that was quite a good one. Um, you know, like but he says, the Abominable Snowmen. Probably the Ice Warriors was an, uh, another good one. So, you know, they did have a lot of good stories. And, you know, going forward, there is going to be some really good stories coming up. So, wrapping up. I think we're both in agreement. It's been fun to watch Patrick Troy, and it's sad to see him go. As we felt with William Hartnell, you know, like I say, bittersweet as with Zoe I and Jamie. Know. I
1: think in the end, William Hartnell's run just sort of ran its course, and you kind of knew, in a way, that his time was up because it, it, you just felt it. well he you getting, know, he
0: was getting ill. You know, William Hartnell. Yeah, but you was getting knew for yeah, but you knew for so.
1: well that. He kind of knew his time was coming, you know, so then it was like everyone else kind of felt it as well. Mm. But then with Patrick Troughton, you really had that.
0: I think Patrick Troughton could have probably gone on for a bit longer. I Probably he didn't want to really be stereotyped or, or something. I don't know. I haven't really looked into the background about why he wanted to leave. But, you know, maybe it was a stereotype thing. Maybe he thought, you know, do do three years and leave. You know, there seems to be a lot of that with Doctor Who. There's kind of like a three years and leave um you know the rarity is obviously tom baker uh who did i think seven years in the end you know so yeah overall i'm i'm pleased with how it turned out i'm super excited to see john pertwee now like we said yeah. or should i say like i said at the beginning they didn't really know that john pertwee is going to be the doctor at this point they didn't really know about the future of doctor who so that's why we never get to see that regeneration of him into john pertwee but Yeah, I think second to Tom Baker for me is John Pertwee is probably my second favourite Doctor. So I think it's going to be a very enjoyable run. So, yeah, this next season is going to be, I think, a good one for me as well. Season seven. So the next episode, which will be in a couple of weeks, will be the Spearhead from Space. So for Becky, a little bit of a spoiler alert. It involves a, a plastic, plastic villain or plastic monster. That's your little clue. Then we have Doctor Who and the Silurians. The Ambassadors of Death. Inferno. Oh, I'm looking forward to Inferno. And then that's basically it. So a very quick season. So Spearhead from Space is a fourer. So And that's actually also a Blu-ray. So it's the first Blu-ray that we can watch. Mm. So I think summing summing up the whole is process... one of
1: the ones you got the other, the other month?
0: No, it's not, actually. No, this one was... So I think it was kind of like a testing of the water for the Blu-ray collections. But like I say, we'll talk more about that when we get to the spare house of space. So like I say, summing up, like I say, bittersweet to see him go, but it's wave goodbye and hello to John Pertwee. The dandy. The dandy doctor. What? The dandy doctor. Why? Capes. Capes, velvet and Bessie let's bring it on
1: oh god velvet capes so well, th- you know the only people who wear velvet capes are magicians
0: well yeah well we'll get to see a lot more of that or with people who John are ridiculous Pertwee, so the third doctor
1: or lord of the rings obsessive mm. people so or all, you know people who like like world of warcraft and that sort of thing
0: yes so all social medias are in the Cosplay. description so let us know what you think of Patrick Troughton as a doctor. What do you think of the war games? What was your favourite serial? Everything in between. Let us know in the social medias. You know, um,
1: sometimes older dudes just look creepy in a cape.
0: Well, I don't think John Pertwee does. It's definitely his style.
1: Nah, I still like um, Tom Baker's style.
0: Well, we'll be on to that one. I'm just wondering, is if there, ever, we keep going, is I there think...
1: ever an episode where in Tom Baker's reign where he trips over his scarf?
0: Well, I think there may be. But again, by the end of the year, we'll be on uh, on Tom Baker. So we'll find out, won't we? I know. So if we keep going, we'll be there by the end of the year. Yeah. So on that note, I think we will say goodbye because it's been a super bumper big episode of Regenerator this week. See you in a, a couple of weeks. Like I say, we're going to have a little bit of a break, a week off before we start a new Doctor. And I think I'll leave it there. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.